God is amazing. And we know that. But so often I forget it. I live my life and I bumble along and I forget to literally look up. To look up and to wonder and to be amazed at all that God has done. I think holidays are a time to help us stop and to remember. Paul and I have just come back from Dorset, which is a beautiful county. The weather wasn't brilliant, but nonetheless, we managed to get out and about. And we did a lot of walking. And we were chatting as we were walking and realising that when you walk, you see things that you wouldn't see if you're driving. We were able to see amazing hedgerows. And in the hedgerows, one, um, one hedge that we saw, it was incredible rose hips. The most enormous rose hips I've ever seen. In another one, I saw a tiny blue butterfly. Lots of flowers that we had no idea what they were because we're not very knowledgeable about flowers. And we kept taking pictures and thinking we should look that up and see what it is. But of course, we've never done that. (laughs) But our eyes were opened. We walked through fields. um, The place we visit is in the middle of farmland. And I don't walk through farmland very much. And over the two weeks that we were there, there was a field that, to begin with, we just realized it was a field. And then we discovered a few days later that it had been harvested because suddenly there was bales in the field and we thought, oh, yeah, they must have harvested it. And then a few days later, the bales had gone. And the whole of that harvest had taken place in the two weeks that we were there, taking in the crop, stacking up the straw and the hay, taking it back to the barns, things coming to fruition. Our eyes were opened and we realized the jobs that farmers have We were conscious of the weather and we thought, goodness me, if we're conscious of the weather because it's limiting our walk, what about the farmer this morning who's got to make a decision about what to do with his crop that's just about ready, but not quite, but the the forecast isn't looking too good this week. Our eyes were opened. We saw valleys where there's no roads that you can only go to by foot. And just seeing the light coming in in different ways. It's easy on those moments, to look up and say, wow, isn't God good? This term, for the, well, for the first four or five weeks, leading up to harvest on October the 11th, we're going to spend some time at 10 o'clock recognising how good God is, but then thinking very carefully about what that means for us to respond to that. Because it's not enough for me just to say, wow, isn't God good? and carry on with my day-to-day life, looking down at my feet and occasionally looking up and remembering that God is good. Firstly, I need to remember every day that God is good. But secondly, the knowledge of how great God is should affect my life and should affect the decisions that I make and how I use my life, how I use my time. Do I waste my time? Yes, I do. Candy Crush is a great distraction, isn't it? I'm not very good at it, and it's very frustrating. And I can waste an awful lot of time on Candy Crush. That's a big confession, isn't it? If you don't know what Candy Crush is, well done. (laughs) You're not distracted in that way. But I can waste my time thinking that life is really bad, and, oh, I'm feeling really disappointed today, or I'm feeling really miserable, or, oh, my goodness, aren't I busy? And I can waste my life. But actually, God has given me so much. He has given me life. He's given me this beautiful place on a morning like today 
coming into church, looking at the, the trees and the bushes around us, the sun shining, how can we not stop and say, well, God, you are good? But what does that mean? What have you given me and how am I using it? How am I going to use the huge number of apples that are on my trees at the moment? Are there some other people that might want to use them as well? Share my apples. How do I use the life that God has given me, the skills, the talents, the opportunities? How can I use them for him? How can I use the money that he has given me to make right decisions, good choices, so that people can benefit from what I have? That's what we're going to spend some time thinking about over the next few weeks. It's going to be quite hard work. It's easy to stop and think how wonderful God is, but then the implications of what does that then mean for me? How do I use my life, all that God has given me? We're going to spend some time thinking about that. But there is so much to give thanks to God for. These pictures have come from Monish and Shamley Green School. I got them at the end of term. A beautiful one of a mosaic of flowers. And there's another collage of under the sea. Beautiful pictures that display the wonder of who God is. We just need to open our eyes, don't we? And look around and see who he is and what he has done for us. But it's not just in creation, it's not just as we look around that we can marvel at who God is. God wanted to live with us, which is the most amazing thing. God isn't distant and remote. He said, I love my people so much, I want to come and live amongst them. And so he came in the form of Jesus to live amongst us. And Kia is going to come and read from Colossians. Thanks, Kia. The readings from Colossians, chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. God is so great that he sent Jesus to live amongst us, the image of God, so that we can know who God is, the firstborn over all creation. And Jesus comes as the head of the body, the head of the church, the beginning and the firstborn. So Jesus is here, living amongst us. And that is the most wonderful thing, that God, as Jesus, lives amongst us. How great is God that he sent his son to live amongst us, that we might know God. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things. It's through Jesus that we 
can know who God is. I'd love us this term to, to open our eyes, to reopen our eyes, maybe to put on a different pair of glasses with a different filter that brings into focus and sharpness just how much we have to give thanks for because of how great God is and for all that he has done for us and in us and amongst us and continues to do. We need to be able to stand in the knowledge of how great God is. Today I feel I've got to add something else in because this week has been a difficult week to watch the news. And I think every single one of us has been struck by the images that we've been seeing of migrants making those terrible journeys to try and seek a place of safety. And I don't know today whether they can do the exercise we've done that stops and says how great God is. Many of them could. And I was really challenged by watching Songs of Praise and seeing the makeshift church in Cali, where migrants who had arrived there in a difficult time, their first priority was to build a church. And in that place of difficulty, there are people who will be worshipping there today. And that is phenomenal, that in the midst of difficulties, people can still say, we want to worship God. We want to give him the praise that is his due. And that really, really struck me. And yet, I've come away with many, many questions, as we all have. We can say thank you to God for the lives that we have here. But what does that mean as we watch these images? As we try to work out what to do for best to support people? My email box is being bombarded with lots of thoughts and ideas. Bishop Andrew himself has written, and he wrote yesterday saying, as churches, Let's think about how we might respond. I don't think it's easy to know how to respond. There's lots of different ways in which we can. We can send money, and there's various ways in which we could do that, and that's a good response. We can pray. Absolutely, we can pray. Some people are going to different places, and that's a good response. Some organizations are saying, are there people in this country who have space to take refugees? And they're coordinating through an organization Homes that could take somebody in. Is that something we want to think about? There's another organisation that is saying, are there people who could take, on an emergency basis, foster care? Because there will be children, unaccompanied children, who arrive, who need to be placed in an emergency setting. And again, an organisation, a Christian organisation, is setting up a, a database of people who would be willing to do that. I don't know how we should respond. I don't know how I need to respond. But I felt today we couldn't go through appraising God and saying how wonderful he is without stopping and asking these difficult questions. So I leave them with you because I haven't got answers. But I think over the coming weeks, if we open our eyes, if we open our ears, if we watch what is going on and if we listen to what God is saying to us, Let's talk about what our response should be. We're leading up to harvest, and harvest is a time when we think of others. Is this part of our harvest response? Is there something more practical? Harriet, where is Harriet? Harriet and her children. You were packing up some stuff yesterday. You were packing up things that are going to Cali. Girls, how was it? 
You couldn't get the girls away. The lady came. So what was it like packing up all the stuff? Um, well, we were put on the food stands, and our job was to take food from kind people that had brought in food for the migrants. Um, and we had to organise it and put it into kind of categories and put those into boxes. Um, and then they'd be sent off to Calais um, in a few days, I think. So, yeah, that was what we had to do. Yeah. Why did you go? Um, just to help them, because I think if we were in that situation, we would want all the help we could get. So, I think, and we're no kind of better than them. So, yeah. I think to help them is kind of the right thing to do. Fantastic, thank you. That was one family's response, but I think we all need to stop and, and think, what is God saying to us? And that won't be the right response for everybody, but that was your response yesterday. And actually, it might be that that's not needed over the coming weeks because there's so much food going to Cali. It might be something else that is needed. But please, let's keep talking to one another and let's think about how might we respond. And we gain from it as well. You, you, you gain from being there yesterday. I could see on Facebook that there was something really special. So what is God saying to us? I want to share a prayer that has come through the Church of England. They're good at writing prayers. But this is a really good one. Sometimes using words that someone has crafted helps when we don't know what language to use. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the source of all goodness, generosity and love. We thank you for opening the hearts of many to those who are fleeing for their lives. Help us now to open our arms in welcome and reach out our hands in support, that the desperate may find new hope and lives torn apart be restored. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who fled persecution at his birth and at his last triumphed over death. Amen.